Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, with my co-host, Jordan Mackey, uh, a.k.a. J-Mac and Jordan Lopez. Um, on today's new episode, obviously, we just uploaded our uh, new episode this morning going over the Broncos' big, dominant, 41 to zero win over the Rams in the preseason finale. Um, so make sure you guys are checking that out. But most importantly, in today's episode, we got a lot lined up for you guys. Uh, we are going kind of revisiting our old 53 man roster predictions that we did for the offense and defense and kind of um, revisiting those and updating, giving a whole new update and prediction of what we think the new 53 man roster will be on Tuesday after all the new waves and cuts are made. Um, Obviously, the Broncos started off with the roster cuts today, waving wide receiver Kendall Hinton, offensive tackle Isaiah Prince, cornerback Delonte Hood, and wide receivers Nick Williams and J.J. Koski. So um, they need, they made uh, six new roster cuts, and um, with the new roster cuts that are being made, I think we have a little bit of time to you know kind of record this episode and get it out before they make even more tomorrow. Um, we're recording this as of Sunday night, um, so there's no more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com mother's day is around the corner Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Roster cuts that are expected to be made for the rest of the night. So we're going to go ahead and give our 53-man roster prediction. Um, but before we go and jump into today's episode, uh, J-Mac and Jordan, let's go ahead and celebrate for all the YouTube uh, listeners and audience. We officially hit our milestone and goal of 1K subs. Let's get it, baby. All the supporters, man. Sorry. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for helping us get to this milestone before the, the regular season opener. That was our, our goal for a while now, and, and we did it, man. We literally started the pod in uh, October for just one NFL team, and we already got 1,000 subs. It's not easy covering just one NFL team on a podcast, and I think we're doing a, we're doing a pretty decent job at it, but uh, we're always remaining humble. Yeah, man, I'm – I'm so glad we hit it. Uh, I remember uh, last episode we were, you know, telling everybody that we were close and we got it today, man. So let's get it, bro. I just can't wait for yep. the season to start. I'm proud to be a part of it. I mean, I didn't do nothing for the uh, first year, but, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to do something. I, I hope. I hope. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're here for a reason, buddy. But I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Seriously, thank you guys uh, just for all the work you do, J Mac and you get, and Jordan. You do, uh, you know, staying prepared for the uh, episodes and everything. And um, like I always tell you guys, like I feel like I really do believe in this uh, this podcast to go to the moon. Like J Mac knows that we've gotten a lot of opportunities to kind of branch this podcast to different platforms and um, kind of partner with other people, and we've turned them down because I really do believe that the three of us we can take this podcast to different heights and different measures than uh, people don't think we can, and we're literally just two 20 20 year olds and a 21 year old trying to cover uh, a team on youtube uh spotify app podcast so wherever you guys listen to our show i really do i always say it but i do really true from the bottom of my heart appreciate all the support and love but without more of that uh obviously like i said i appreciate all you guys and for all people that can stay throughout the rest of the episode make sure you guys do as always leave a like and subscribe to the uh, show here on youtube or follow turn notifications on a spotify app podcast let's go and st- jump straight into it um quarterback uh, let's go ahead and give our predictions for all the offense first. Quarterback is very obvious. Russell Wilson, Jarrett Sidham headlining 
the the two offensive starters there in the in the backfield as this um, quarterback standing of the season. Um, I know J Mac said he believes that Ben Denucci should be the QB two going in the head into the regular season. Bit of a hot take there, but um, how are you feeling uh, going in the season with Jared Siddham, um being the uh, you know he has pretty much a, a guaranteed chance of being the backup quarterback now. I mean, I'm okay with it. I don't think he's uh, – Danucci is just miles, you know, ahead, like, better than him. I think that it's – they're still kind of neck and neck. I just think Danucci had a better preseason. That's in my opinion. So, I feel like you have, a, you have the better preseason. I feel like you should be rewarded for it. But I think they're going to go with Stidham as a quarterback, too. Um, and that's kind of where I had it. I, of course, Russ won, Stidham two, Danucci three. But that's just my prediction. That's just what I think is going to happen. But if it was up to me, I will give it to the guy who had the better preseason. So, yeah, I'm comfortable with uh, Stidham being the backup. You know, I was already a fan of the signing back then, so I'm glad he balled out and is uh, in the preseason finale. So I'm happy with those two guys headlining our quarterback room. Yeah, I think it's a, a much better unit. I mean, I saw the picture from last night of uh, Garrett Stidham <laughs> uh, dapping up Brett Rippon. I was like, man, just look at that upgrade right there. Like, literally – uh, you talk about going from Brett Rippin to Jared Stidham. That's <laughs> it's such a such a big upgrade. I'm I'm really happy. Uh, even though we paid a lot for Stidham, I'm happy with uh, the insurance option we actually have this year. I feel like if yeah. something does happen to Russ, I won't gonna be I'm not gonna be sitting on the edge of my seat. We're like, man, this quarterback might actually throw away the game, like what happened against the Chiefs, where we almost came back last year. So. Um, yeah. A lot of Chiefs fans don't like to tell you it, but we realistically could have nearly almost could have swept them in both games if not for injuries. So it's quite crazy to say. So hopefully we can stay healthy this year because those those division games are going to you know be very, very uh, indicative of how our season goes. But running back, I think it's pretty obvious. Javante Williams, um, my sweet, glorious king, is the starter for the regular season. Um, so- <laughs> Why? Why every time, every time you bring up Javante, why do you have to say my sweet glorious king in front of it? Like, why can't you just say Javante? I was debating on not doing it this time, but I I love bringing the last man, and why not, man? He is my sweet glorious king. I will I will literally worship a poster on my wall. Like that's bro. Like, come on, man. Like, hey, man. I I love Javante with all my heart. Man. Oh, just had to get that out of my chest. Anyways, um, Samaj P. Ryan, excellent backup running back going the season. Super stoked what he's going to do this year. The Broncos obviously sat him in the a lot in the last two preseason games because they know what he brings to the table. They don't want him to get hurt. Um, the last thing I want to see is another injury to the running back room. So, um, Great two, uh, you know, starting running backs there. They're going to kind of be like a, um, I don't know if I'll say a 1A, 1B. They'll definitely be that in the beginning of the season. But towards the middle and the end, I think Javante is going to be your, uh, your not your bell cow, but he's going to be getting a lot of carries. We'll say that to the least, uh, to say the least. But uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, I think we all agree to, you know, very, um, you know, we're all on the same table there. Jill McLaughlin locked in the running back three job. So um, that's another thing where we definitely uh, messed up a little bit in our uh, initial 53 man roster prediction projections. Um, I had Tony Jones Jr. making the team. I believe J-Mac had Tony Jones Jr. making the team. Um, and I don't know, if Jordan, if you had Jones Jr. or Tyler Beatty. I think you might have picked Beatty. Yeah, you picked Tyler Beatty. So you, you were honestly, uh, I think Tony Jones Jr. is going to be over um he's over Beatty now because I feel like he outperformed him in preseason but that was not a bad prediction at all like if Beatty didn't get hurt he could have made a realistic like case for Peyton to really make him like go back to drawing board and be like man do I really have to actually carry like four running backs going into the season because Beatty was on a roll man and just the injuries it really sucks he had the hip injury and just ultimately couldn't battle uh you know battle back from it um I recently wrote an article that dropped today about the Broncos stock up stock down and I did have Beatty on my stock down uh eight carries 15 yards under two yards in attempt It, it wasn't the best showing for him and I'm hoping the best for him he's gonna most likely be on a different NFL team next week yeah, uh, for me, it's the same. Well, I had uh, McLaughlin at three. Yeah, I think it's the same thing. Um, it's just – it's really tough. I thought Tony Jones was going to make it to begin with, but Jaleel McLaughlin just had a hell of a preseason and just claimed that spot pretty easily. Yeah. And even if Sean Payton, you know, all the connection with Tony Jones, you know, you can't – like, I, you can't just give him the job. Like, Jaleel McLaughlin earned it, and he's he's going to get touches during the season, especially maybe during early on. You may see him get a little t- touches here and there, like maybe two – like nothing, like nothing in an insane amount, but um, I'm confident with him, man, because he he had a really good preseason. Like I know a lot of people compared him to Philip Lindsay, saying he had a Philip Lindsay type preseason. Um, I don't think he's gonna be like Philip Lindsay, like regular season time and 
take the one spot, but I think definitely his preseason run was was pretty incredible. Yeah, Tony Jones Jr. did outperform Tyler Beatty, especially with that injury that he had. I do think Tyler Beatty will end up on another roster. Cool. Um, I think he's uh, too talented to just sit on a practice squad. I think someone will snatch him up. So congrats on Tyler Beatty to hopefully getting on another NFL roster. Agreed, man. I, I'm hoping he'll be on a 53-man as well. Um, well, I mean, that's pretty – as long as a, a team out there is looking for kind of like a dynamic, speedy running back, I think they can find that in uh, Tyler Beatty when he's healthy. So yeah. uh, we have uh, fullback Michael Burton. I know we toyed a lot with the idea of Peyton carrying four running backs on his roster, but you guys mentioned on last night's episode that the Broncos um, will be carrying uh, only three because Mike Burton does consider as like a running back – toward the running backs on the roster. So – in total, will be four with fullback Mike Burton uh, involved or included in that. So um, he's a starting fullback heading in the season. Um, starting tight end, um, we're me and Jordan. Uh, we're gonna keep him at. We're gonna keep the starting tight end as uh, Adam Trotman. Um, and the second string, um, he's gonna be like a co-starter basically because the Broncos will be rolling out with a lot of tight ends in their offense. So it doesn't really matter. But we have Greg Dulcich as second string. Um, Chris Mannerts. Um, then we have Albert O making the team after last night's insane performance. He had a three touchdown joint practice against the Rams and then another joint practice where he had um, multiple like 30, 40 yard gains. Like he just had the most dominant practice of um, dominant week of practice that I've ever seen the Bronco, uh, Broncos tight end have in a long time, like a long time. Like I don't think I, uh, Noah Fant definitely didn't have any dominant practices like this. It's been a while. So um, he definitely deserves a spot in this roster, man. And he's improving his blocking. So, so I, you know, I, I talked a little bit on our last episode about I wouldn't be mad if the Broncos rolled in the season with Nate Atkins. Um, I love Atkins. Don't get me wrong. That was one of the undrafted free agent rookies I was higher on. But at the same time, the Broncos would be a little bit foolish to uh, not have Albert O make this team. If they don't, then they got to try to at least get like a few uh, something out of him, a draft pick or whatever it is. Yeah, I would agree for me. Um, yeah, of course, uh, Michael Burton's going to be a fullback. Um, pretty, everybody knows that. Um, tight end. I'm a man. I I don't get why Dolcek isn't starting. I don't know the exact reason behind it. Can you like? Do you guys know what the exact reason is or why he's not starting? I think it's familiarity with offense, honestly. And I feel like Dolcek is, or excuse me, um, <laughs> Trotman's a much better blocker. I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how long that's gonna last. Maybe Trotman is the one going like starting the season, but it won't be that long. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Dolchik is the one. Like that's just me. I, I don't know if Sean Payton is gonna just roll Trotman out there as the official tight end one. Like especially in like bunch sets, I don't think he's gonna be there. I think it's gonna be Dolchik. I'm so I'm gonna go Dolchik, uh, Trotman at the two, Manhurts at the three, and Alberto at the four. Yeah, I like that. I like what Amir said. I think they're gonna be like co-starters. Yeah. Uh, especially with like the different sets, like you said, J Mac. Like in the bunch formation, it's gonna be Alberto or not Alberto. Uh, Greg Dolchik. Talking about Alberto. He if they're gonna if they're thinking about cutting or waving him, they might as well just trade him because if they do yeah, wave, wave him, he's gonna he's gonna be gone. That's Immediately over like, making that fourth spot. So yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the next 24 hours what happens with that last uh, tight end spot. Obviously, we we can all agree that the champagne's gonna be carrying four tight ends because um, yeah. with the running game that they're you know implementing, you need a lot of you know big body tight ends. And so um, I'm excited to see. It. I and like I wouldn't look uh, too much into the starting tight end thing. And like uh, I said, the whole co-starters. Like I think Dulcich is going to be your go-to receiving tight end, and Trotman's going to be your go-to like rush uh, run blocking tight end, along with Manhurts whenever um, the uh, running backs are out there. So um, I like a lot what Manhurts and uh, Trotman are going to bring to the table when it comes to the run game. So um, I wouldn't really look too much into that. Um, so for next, moving aside from our tight ends. Um, we're going to go ahead and start with the offensive line. So we got quite a bit of offensive line here. Um, left tackle, I have Garrett Bull starting with Fleming backing him up. Uh, left guard, I have Ben Power starting. And nobody um, as a considered left guard on the depth chart behind him because I think Fuller will slide from right guard to center to also left guard. He's kind of like a jack of all trades where he can, um, in any interior offensive lineman position, he can uh, provide depth at all three of those. So Kyle Fuller would be a, a chess piece there for uh, Ben Power if he does get hurt um but jordan um we both agree on left tackle jordan thinks the broncos might uh carry quinn bailey on the 53-man roster to start off the season um can you kind of uh give some a little insight into uh why, why you think that might that may come true yeah so mike Kliss came out with his 53-man projection and it was pretty uh 
interesting to see that he noted uh, Quinn Bailey that you know he could play both guards and he could play tackle as well. So mm-hmm. he's pretty versatile in that in that standpoint. Also, he, I think he had a decent uh, preseason. He was uh, rated as the second highest uh, pass blocker on the team in preseason, according to PFF. So I think he might have been under the radar with how he performed. So for me, I have him as being like the backup left guard and also can swing from side to side. And I have him over Kyle Fuller. So that's why I think. Yeah, for me, um, it's the same. You know, I have Bowles, left tackle, uh, Powers, guard, Cushenberry, center, Miners, right guard, and I have a McGlinchey. Uh, right tackle. So for Bowles backup, I did Fleming. Right tackle backup, I did the undrafted free agent guy. I don't want to say his name incorrectly. Alex Palczewski. Yeah, Palczewski. Yeah, him. And then um, I went Forsyth <laughs> and Fuller. I got them kind of – I mean, because I don't think it's going to be, like, specific backups. Like you, like you said, for the guards, I think yeah. they're just going to yeah. rotate. Because, I mean, Forsyth and Fuller, they're listed as guard centers. So I think you don't have to just take up too many roster spots, filling up a backup for each position. I think game – it's not like – I mean, whole, I hope this never happens, but it's not like game day you're going to lose three offensive linemen. So, I mean, I feel like those you – got, you got four solid backups. Yeah, I, I like to be humble and not brag too much, but this exact offensive line that Mike Kliss gave was the exact offensive line I gave three months ago from top to bottom. Alex Bocheski, McGlinchey, Bowles, um, Fleming, uh, Forsyth, Cushenberry, Miners, um, Fuller. I, I'm, I'm really proud that you know we put out that episode, and obviously it, it all that whole projected offensive line is going to be the exact same. So um, wild, uh, wild prediction there. And how about the offseason for my Alex Bocheski? Yeah. Um, you know, we call I called it from the beginning and he just had a monster preseason monster training camp and he beat out the veteran uh, Isaiah Prince for the the backup right tackle job. And I know we've toyed with the idea a little bit. Uh, Jordan brought it up in one of our episodes that maybe in the future, if it doesn't work out with the Bulls, that McGlinchey, who does have experience at left tackle, they could slide him over to left tackle, not have to worry about this contract and everything. And if he plays well at left tackle, McGlinchey can be your six six three fifteen starting right tackle in the future. So that's something to keep an eye on maybe a development that comes true in the future i hope so man i'm like i i, I don't want to say i hope that uh anything happens to gary bowles man but i hope if something does that that's the case well and i won't say this is guaranteed because it's up in the air but mm-hmm. there has been speculation oh <laughs> is bowls gonna get cut yeah. they do cut him they save eight mil i'm not saying they are but i mean that would be one of the biggest surprises i think around the whole league if Bulls does get cut. But that would only mean that Alex Palczewski does get that starting right tackle job. But, yeah, yeah it is interesting. I don't think I don't think he'll get cut. I think – Yeah, um, me either. I, yeah, me but either. I, I will say this. I think that maybe this, this may be his last season in Denver, possibly. I think that's a really strong – I feel there's one guy I think that I could say is his last season in Denver is probably going to be Gary Bowles. Because, I mean, me and Amir thought he was going to get traded majority of the offseason. Like, we thought for sure the Broncos are going to move him. Um, it didn't happen, but I I think right now it's, you can't cut your left tackle, starting left tackle without a a solid guarantee, you know, plan this late. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of too late for it. If you're gonna cut them, maybe cut them before camp. You know what I'm saying? If you just want to free up the money and get somebody else, but it's kind of it's cutting it close. I mean, uh-huh. I don't know, man. I don't know because hey, they try to trade him in the off season, and I know they're comfortable with Cam Fleming, and then I know they're comfortable with Alex Palczewski now, so. It's not like out of the realm, and I don't think it's going to happen anyway. But I mean, I would be surprised, but at the same time, I could kind of see it coming. But in my opinion, I don't think they cut bulls. But I'm just saying it's not out of the realm. I don't think it'll happen for this one reason. And we said this about many other positions, and it's not being talked about a lot in the offensive line. We are one injury away from saying, yeah, holy shit, we're, we're, uh, we're, this yes. is a disaster. So yeah. I don't think cutting Garrett Bowles would be a smart option right now. But yes. at the same time, not a lot of people will realize that Ken Fleming is younger than Garrett Bowles, and he was better last year in the time that he played than Garrett Bowles was before his leg injury. So something to keep an eye on. But at the same time, this offensive line, this offensive line is one injury away from disaster, and they don't have many like insurance insurance options. I mean, you have Demontre Jacobs at left tackle, but uh, he, he needs a few more years before we 
can really be confident in him as a swing tackle. So um, that's just kind of my stance on it. But um, that's a definitely a situation to entertain and uh, you know a conversation um, to look at in the in the coming hours. I just don't think it's very likely that Bowles does get cut. But like Jordan says, um, anything is really possible in the NFL. So um, so yeah, we agree on the offensive line. Um, besides uh, Quinn Bailey, um, me and J Mac do not think Quinn Bailey will make it just because of all the versatile pieces that are on the offensive line. Um, then defense, let's yeah. So let's start off with defense. We got uh, our defensive ends. We got four making it. Zach Allen and Jonathan Harris are the starters. Jonathan Harris will be starting on the D line after all. Um, Matt Henningsen will be backing up, and Elijah Garcia, the guy who had a terrific preseason, a terrific uh, end to training camp. Um, how about his offseason with the Broncos, man? I'm, I'm really happy the Broncos picked him up off the Rams practice squad and he ended up being a, a great, um, you know, development piece for uh, Marcus Dixon um, and this this uh, defensive staff. Um, so I'm really excited um, with uh, Elijah Garcia and him working his way into the role this year. But we do have uh, Elijah Garcia making the roster. Yeah, I agree. He had a really good, really strong preseason. And I think right now he's listed as the backup. I think deep, like I can't remember where it was. It's like one position he's the backup for. And I mean, that's really good. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be, he's going to be very key rotational. Like he's a very good depth piece. And I've said it multiple times, you win Super Bowls off your depth. And that's having a guy like him there. I mean, I forgot he came from the Rams. Like he played it with Aaron Donald. I'm not saying at all any comparison. I'm just saying like he's played around some of the greats to play at that mm-hmm. position. And he's shown since he's been in Denver in the preseason, he balled out. So I'm glad he made the team. Yeah, I had uh, Elijah Garcia as one of my hidden gems on my uh, PO article. So I'm happy that came into fruition. Uh, so, yeah, I'm glad he uh, he balled out in preseason. He had a few QB pressures. He had a couple sacks. He had an interception. He had a fumble recovery. I mean, he, he did it all. Yeah, he. You talk about players that needed to step up to the plate, and Elijah Garcia was one of those. And um, I, I'm happy what he to see what he could do this year. Uh, and Jonathan Harris might have a starting role, and I think he. I've warmed up to the idea of him starting. I wasn't a bit too fond of it at first, but don't don't sleep on Elijah Garcia because this yeah. job isn't like completely in in like the bag for um, Jonathan Harris. He may be listed as that start in the depth chart, but they will give Matt Henningsen and Elijah Garcia chances to go and steal that job away from, from him. It's not like Jonathan Harris has been dominant and very, um, you know, approving and, uh, pro- you know, proofful of, of having that role in the bag. So um, I think that's one that can still be up in the air, even throughout the regular season. Um, so no, no tackle in the interior. We have uh, DJ Jones starting, Mike Purcell backing him up. Um, we do think this will kind of be a thing where um, it depends on the defensive alignment. So you could see DJ Jones and Mike Purcell on the field at the same time. So it's yeah. one of those things where it depends on what Vance Joseph does with his defensive alignment. But um, I was glad to see Mike Purcell back in practice. He's one of our underrated run stoppers like him and DJ Jones, having them as your, your two top no tackles. That feels unfair. Like they're criminally underrated when it comes to the run game. Yeah, I think getting him back and pairing him with DJ, I mean, it definitely our run our run defense did take a little bit of a hit when he was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think de- definitely having him both back and with just the way the, the defensive line looked when they were fully healthy. I mean, with Randy Greg, I know I remember we had Chubb, but I mean, the defensive line still looked to me pretty good last season. But I just want to see everybody back healthy, man, because with DJ Jones, Mike Purcell, Randy Gregory, and Jonathan Cooper, and all these other guys, man, they're really underrated. I give them that. They're really underrated. So yeah, we uh I think the strength of the defense right now is the run is the stopping the run. I mean, between those two guys and then our linebacker core, I think they should be really good at stopping the run. So hopefully that comes into fruition week one against Josh Jacobs and the Raiders. So uh, we'll see. My new uh, fantasy football RB one, I just drafted him today in that uh that buy-in league. So um I, I love my Broncos and I love my fantasy team as well. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take Josh Jacobs being shut out for week one. I'll, I'll take go. that for sure. Um, even though it's a big, um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply money league but um 
And he's switching to number eight too. But like at the end of the day, like Jimmy and J Mac have talked about it a lot. We hate the Raiders, but Josh Jacobs is such a dog, and yeah, um, he's so fun to watch, man. He's actually it's actually ridiculous, like how low he's going in fantasy drafts and stuff, even with him, you know, returning to action. So um, I still think he's gonna have an incredible year, just hopefully not against the Broncos, man. And these run stoppers that we're talking about, they're gonna need to have uh, some of the best games of their career against the the Raiders. Um Outside linebacker, we got Jonathan Cooper and Randy Gregory starting at edge. We had an episode, a live stream of going over Denver Broncos hot takes, but they get increasingly hotter. And J-Mac predicted that Jonathan Cooper would breed out Frank Clark for the starting job, and we just laughed at him. And it literally seems like we're just hours away from it actually happening. J-Mac, right. I'll let you take this one away. Uh, man, I've been telling y'all about Jay Coop, man. I've been telling y'all about this. From last season, I've been telling y'all about him that, man, he just need more playing time. He just needed more time to get his name out there, more reps, and the sky's the limit for him. This guy, he's a seven-round pick, wasn't he? Yeah. George Payton. Wait, wait. Did George Payton draft him? I can't yeah. remember. George Payton, master class. There we go. I Look, man, I had a, it was a feeling like Frank Clark, like, I think it was a great pickup, but, man, Jonathan Cooper got the spot. And just and the they're, way and they're paying Frank Clark six and a half million. That's crazy. All I gotta say is, man, the way he looked in the in the preseason game, he did play. He looked he looked really good. And I'm I'm just glad he's getting his opportunity, man, because it's been a long time coming. He's been playing backup and rotation guy for like the last two three seasons. I'm just glad, man. It's it's time. He's getting his shot. He deserves it. Yeah, I, I remember watching him play in Ohio State. He was dominant in Ohio State. Yeah, we drafted him. I'm like, all right, hopefully he can bring some of that to Denver. And then it slowly and surely came, and now he's our starting outside linebacker. Good for Coop. That him and Randy Gregory are gonna wreak havoc, though. That, those, that's a really uh, good duo right there. That's gonna be so fire to watch. Yeah. Number zero, number five, running at the quarterback, combining for sacks. That's gonna be a hell of a sight to watch. Um, Jonathan Cooper just looks so pro ready. You could tell the strength that he put on this year. He he just looks built different, man. And don't be surprised if he starts balling out that Baron Browning just doesn't get that job back. Like Ooh. that's very. It's gonna be a thing where whoever's riding the wave and who's a, a who's hot on a hot streak. And if uh, Jonathan Cooper just goes off to start the season, they're not gonna hesitate at all to put Frank Clark or. Baron Browning in as a starter alongside uh, Randy Gregory. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know, man. I think um, I think I think Cooper's gonna do really well. I feel like it's gonna be hard for Ben Browning to come back and like give just give him the spot. I don't th I, I don't think it's gonna happen. I feel like I mean, it really depends, man. If if because Jay Coop, he hasn't been a guy that's been like injury prone. It's always been you know we we know about Randy Gregory. I don't want to call him injury prone, but kind of he's on the verge of being like labeled as that. Um, but I just I see those two guys being the starter for the season, man. I don't really see a scenario where Jay Coop plays that bad to where they put Baron Browning as a starter. Baron Browning as the backup is pretty crazy because uh, it's I, crazy. Yeah, forgot yes, how such a high great he is. Yeah, and yeah. Frank Clark too. Like I mean, Frank Clark is like we know we got him. I think we got him. I say we got him because I it was hard for me to see him kind of as a starter. I, but I did like it as a depth move and just a move for the locker room. I mean, he came in and immediately started teaching the young guys. And I don't want to yeah. call it Catch-22, but, I mean, he he was teaching Jonathan Cooper. Now Jonathan Cooper got the spy. I mean, it's funny, but um, I think Frank Clark, man, I'm still glad we brought him in because we need that. Yeah, absolutely. Leadership. Yeah, we I would have done that leadership. move 100 times over again. I was there at camp, and there was no player on the field that was staying after practice and teaching all those uh, – Marcus Haynes, Thomas Uncombe, Jonathan Cooper, um, literally all those guys just teaching them, like – 20 minutes after practice, like their pass rush moves and stuff and working with Browning, even though he wasn't in pads and stuff, oh, that man. that was so valuable, man. And you get, you love having guys like Frank Clark on your team, even, even if he's just going to be a rotational guy. Yeah. And it seems like the Broncos are just signing for the playoffs at this point. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, it's like for a guy to come in and like not care that, I mean, you're like you're teaching guys that could potentially take your spot, you know, like at the time he was doing it. And he just, I mean, he kept doing, I mean, that that shows a lot that he's not in it. I mean, because in reality, he got his Super Bowls. But, I mean, still, like, you know, guys have their pride and they go somewhere, like, they want to start. A guy like Frank Clark, you know, sometimes you think they want to go somewhere and they want to play. Like, they want to start immediately. But kudos to him, man. Yeah, and again, Baron Browning, I think people forgot how special he is. And yeah, when he's he comes crazy. back, and, that um, pass rushing room is going to be real good. I'm not going to lie, Nick Benito, like, being Nick Benito, too. Nick Benito, like that, like the whole yeah. edge room is such a question because you don't know what they're going to do. 
like we could be in like one of those situations where it's like the time we had Von Demarcus where we had a guy like Shaq Barrett is like a second, third team guy coming in and out the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, because Nick Benito right now, like if Baron Browning was to come back, he probably would be third string, you know, like the third guy in. And that's just crazy because he's dominated all camp. So all off season. Yeah, this this edge group went from like a big concern and like everybody yeah. saying, yeah, I was one of them. I was saying draft the edge, and I remember saying draft the edge in the in the third round. And look at us, we didn't draft a single one. We ended up only signing two rookie UDFAs, and then it turns out all the other guys that we already had on the roster. That's what made it one, it, arguably one of our strongest groups on the, on the defense. It's kind of crazy to say that, but this edge room, as long as they could stay healthy, please stay healthy, then I think we're gonna That's be in the good hands. Mm-hmm. That's that's the biggest question mark. But I think I think that's why like I'm, I'm glad there's so much depth because last year we didn't have we didn't have depth like this. Yeah. So that's where we kind of start struggling. I mean, they still held their own. I'm not saying it was t- like atrocious last year by any means. We still held our own. But I mean, I'm just I'm just way more comfortable now. Like way more comfortable. Yeah. Um, so linebacker, second level of the defense. We got Josie Jewell starting, Alex Singleton starting, um, Drew Sanders uh, will be the backup. But we already talked about in our last episode, they're going to find a way to get him on the field any way they can, whether it's at edge or uh, inside. I, I don't think he played any edge during the preseason, but I wouldn't be surprised if Vance Joseph finds a way to work him in uh, in that in that role, especially if, let's say, throughout the season, like some guys do go down. I don't think they'll hesitate at all to kind of transition Drew Sanders into that role. Um, and then we have Justin Cernat taking the last spot. So we have the Broncos uh, and Vance Joseph carrying four linebackers to start the season. Yeah, I'm not really too mad about that. Um, I didn't think they were going to do it, but I think they are now because I think they're going to use, like, I, I think they're going to use more Drew Sanders, like, later in the season, kind of towards the edge, just seeing what he can give you there. Like, you may see him line up there some plays or just bring him in the game to strictly blitz. Um but yeah, I think it'll be four. I think in that order. I think it is going to be Singleton, Jewel, Sanders, and then uh, Stranot. Yeah, I think those are the easiest position besides quarterback to kind of predict. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I, I like these four going in. Yeah, yeah. Sernat had a really underrated se- uh, season. Shout out to him, uh, former Broncos Avenue podcast co uh, your guest. Um, so I'm really excited. To see- I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, last year, he actually didn't play. I know they said this on the broadcast. He didn't play a single defensive snap last year. Every single snap that he played was on special teams last year. So wow. Sernat, uh, I-, I know they added Drew Sanders, but let's. I mean, let's see maybe a late in game if we're blowing out a team. Let's see what he can provide in the at linebacker because he hasn't had much of an opportunity being a, a former fifth-round pick for this defense. So um, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see what we can do. And like Jordan said, this was a very easy uh, position to predict because the next guy up was after Jonas Griffith's injury, it was uh, Seth Benson. And I don't think Seth Benson has had the um, the, the greatest offseason by any means, but it wasn't a bad abs- uh, offseason at all. Um, so cornerback, uh, PS2, the best corner in the NFL is our starter alongside Damari Mathis. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that uh, IG story that they posted today with the Glizzies, but yeah. that was absolutely had me rolling in tears. PS2 and Damari Mathis, absolutely hilarious. Uh, they had me la- dying laughing sometimes. Sertan is like very like an, a very underratedly like funny guy, man. Like you could tell he just brings the jokes to the locker room. And um, But aside from the point, I, I love those guys. And I, I think the sky's the roof or the, you know, the sky's the limit for them. Um, so Kwan Williams uh, saying Bassey. I know there's there's conversation about him. You know, Kwan Williams potentially starting the season on the short term IR, meaning that he could be on uh, missing the first four weeks of the uh, season, meaning that saying Bassey might be starting week one. Um, but regardless, it looks like he's going to be making the 53 man, or he just might go on IR. Uh, that might pave the way for a different corner to make the team. We'll see. Um, then I have Jaquan McMillan being the third string outside corner. So if Mathis does get rotated out, uh, McMillan will be the first option to come in. Um, and then I do have Riley Moss being the cornerback four, uh, who can be the also the nickel uh, cornerback three. Um, so that's six corners right there. And uh, in fact, like we have said on multiple uh, previous episodes, we do have Tremont Smith being cut by Monday morning. Um, so that's how we have uh, things looking right now. Um, six cornerbacks making the team, not seven. Um, I just don't see a way that they actually let Tremont Smith get onto this roster. I'm just being completely honest and um, truthful. Uh, how do you guys see it? Uh, yeah, man, there's no way he makes his team. 
There's no way he makes the team. Um, I think, I mean, I think he'll probably be one of the main cuts you'll see tomorrow whenever they decide to cut players. But I think it's no way he makes the team. Like realistically, I, I don't I know Mike Cliss said he thinks he's gonna make the team. I don't I don't see that happening at all. I don't really see a role for him on the team. I mean, because if he's if he makes the team, like realistically, he's gonna be behind every single cornerback. I mean, yeah. every corner is he's gonna be the last string corner and then if he's not doing anything on special teams, then why is he there? And then the contract that he has, it just seems it seems like it makes the most sense. So, yeah, it was surprising to see Michael's article and he had Tremont Smith in there. And it looks like he's only going to be like the kick returner if that's the case. But I mean, I already vented out my frustrations about it. I don't think he makes the team. I mean, I think that sends a message to the locker room a bit. I mean, Sean Payne has preached accountability, you know, this offseason. And Tremont Smith did not produce in the offseason, training camp, and preseason. So, to just give him a spot for that, I mean, I think that just kind of contradicts yourself. It does. So I don't think he makes a roster, just in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, talking about surprises, the Broncos waved Delonte Hood before they let yeah. go of Tremont Smith. That's just that's kind of crazy to me. So with that move, I think that kind of indicates that the Broncos are going to go with just the six corners, and they will move on from Tremont Smith. Um, I feel like th- I feel like the and I told Jordan this before the show. I feel like today's moves were more like procedural. Like they want to get these guys in the practice squad as soon as they can. Like you're gonna see Isaiah Prince who got cut go to the practice squad. You're gonna see um, Delonte Hood go straight to the practice squad. Um, and then uh, who uh, Kendall Linton? I think he'll go to the practice squad. So I think those are like kind of your practice squad. A uh, few of those practice squad cuts today. And then I think Tremont Smith will be on his way out uh, tomorrow morning. Or the afternoon, afternoon, whenever they decide to make those, uh, those, those, uh, those news um, available to the public and the media. Um, obviously, today's cuts didn't get announced until like three or four p.m. So um, we might have to wait a bit, a little bit longer for those. But yeah, as of now, um, that's our prediction for the corners. Um, I don't see seven making it. I don't think Tremont Smith will find a way onto the roster. Like it just doesn't make sense. Why would they? Why would they carry seven on the roster? And I mean, maybe they have K1 go to the IR and then they have Traymon make it. But if we're just talking basically solely based off performance, he doesn't deserve to make it. I mean, we're just being completely honest of what he's done on the field. And so, um, and we heard a lot about, and I saw it even on film as well in Houston, he has the ability to play nickel corner, but they never gave him that chance. So I, I just don't know. You kind of, and you never gave him the chance to return kicks either. It just makes absolutely no sense at this point. Um, yeah. yeah I, think- I, I don't know. I was gonna say I think if we if K1 does go to IR, um, I mean I thought it was gonna be Delonte honestly that made it, but with the moves today, he does it like he's gonna end up being a practice squad guy. So I think the the next guy that kind of leaves up is Fabian Moreau, and at this uh, point I'll yeah. take I'll yeah. take Fabian Moreau over Tremont Smith any day of the week, any time of the week, any day of the week. But it's like. Yeah, you do bring up a good point because I was going to say the Broncos aren't going to carry seven corners, but if K1 does go to IR, then yeah, Fabian Murrow makes the roster. So yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I definitely could see. Yeah, that. I mean, because he was brought on pretty late and he's a veteran. I mean, just based on, I mean, that it's a safe option. Like it's not the worst option. Um, but I would have been fine with either him or Delonte making it. You know, we just needed to add another corner, but it's most likely going to be Fabian Murrow. Just because he's, you know, he's a journeyman. He's been in the league for a while. So I think it's most likely going to be him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I talked to a Delonte after the news came out that he got yeah. waived. And um, he told me that he spoke with uh, ownership. And by the way, ownership is involved in these uh, in these cuts and everything, which uh, is a little uh, interesting. Um, and they also have George Payton, Sean Payton in the room. And um, they talked to him and they said that practice squad is a chance for him. Um, but it's not like guaranteed. So we're going to see what goes uh, happens for Delonte Hood in the next 48, 48 hours. Um, good luck to him. Um I, ho- I hope, you know, wherever he goes, he does get an opportunity to showcase his talent and his ability um, as a as a corner in, in, in the NFL. So I'm hoping the best for to Delonte. I think at the very minimum, he deserves to be on a practice squad, um, if not on a 53-man roster somewhere else. So um, I thought he was yeah. going to make the roster last night. I said it on the show, but um, especially after that phenomenal performance, um, Sean Payton talked about talked to him about how he um, they, they saw a lot of good things on film, but unfortunately, uh, they did decide to wave him so broncos look like they're going uh, elsewhere with their corners yeah um 
safety at free safety. Uh, we got Justin Simmons starting. Uh, we're the safeties in general. We got Justin Simmons and Caden Stern starting. Uh, we got Kareem Jackson making it as the uh, the backup, kind of like that, um, not co-starter, but he will get the most playing time out of all the backups. Um, sharing time with uh, K-Jack, or excuse me, uh, K- or Caden Stearns. Um, then we do have P.J. Locke making it. And then I do have, uh, after a, di- a bit of a whirlwind of like decision-making between these two guys, after all, I am going to decide to put J.L. Skinner, our rookie sixth-round pick, on the 53-man roster, even though I think DTY had a much better offseason. Um, I feel like at the end of the day, I don't think the Broncos, they know that waiver priority, and they don't want to lose their their developmental uh, rookie sixth-round pick. So um, I think they're just going to go ahead and side with uh, J.L. Skinner in this one. Yeah, I brought this up. Uh, I can't remember what episode it was. It was a few episodes ago. I brought up it's kind of like a weird situation, what they're going to do with them, um, yeah. especially if P.J. Locke opens up the season, if they do decide to put him on short-term IR mm-hmm. or whatever, if he misses the first few weeks. Um, I thought it was always going to be J.L. Skinner just because, I mean, we just drafted him. And it's like, you know, your DTY may have had the better preseason, but it, you rarely see a team cut a six-round pick safety unless they just play tremendously awful, which he didn't. Um, you play like a rookie safety. Not saying it was bad, but me play like a rookie safety. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I, I had him making a team too. I didn't, I didn't I didn't think he was going to get cut or put on a practice squad because if he goes on a practice squad, the team's going to pick him up instantly. It'll yep. be like a team like the Falcons or the Giants. So, oh, yeah, man, it's got he, – didn't he just get drafted? Yep, swoop up. But, no, <laughs> um, I think uh, he'll make the team. So – and I'm, I'm glad he made the team too because you never know what you get. So Yeah, J.L. Skinner on the team for me. I've always been a big Skinner fan uh, over DTY uh, too. So because, again, if Skinner does go on that waiver wire – he would just get snatched up easily. So that impression that J Mac gave is the exact way that Joe Shane, G, uh, Giants GM, would have reacted to it as well. That's exactly how he would have said it. Very accurate uh, impression. <laughs> Uh, anyways, um, from the safeties, uh, kicker Brett Meyer, I have him as the kicker going in the season. Um, punter Riley Dixon and oh, long after uh, Mitchell for boner. I mean for bony. <laughs> uh, so. I, I got to stop, bro. I got I got chill. Okay. Um, so that's our special teams. We wrapped up defense and offense. So I decided to uh, save the last, um, the best for the last, a very controversial one towards the back half of the depth chart. I really could go like a, a different various amount of ways. We have the wide receiver position. We all know who's going to be starting off the season as starters. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, obviously. Marvin Mims and Brandon Johnson will be getting a co-starting role with that wide receiver three. I think it'll be more so Marvin Mims. Um, I know Brandon Johnson dealt with injury a little bit towards the uh, end of the offseason. Um, so after uh, Brandon Johnson, the Broncos decided to waive Kendall Hinton, like we previously mentioned. So it seems that was pretty uh, you know, indicative that Lil Jordan Humphrey did win the job um, for uh, you know the, the back of wide receiver role. Um, so next, um, that's five wide receivers. So do you guys think a sixth wide receiver will be making it on the team and who? Um, I, got, I know for all the listeners, you guys are probably like, oh, you guys are, uh, you guys are leaving out Marquez Callaway. Well, we had a big discussion after yesterday's episode, and uh, Jordan seems to be as anti-Marquez Calloway as J-Mac is anti-Tremont um, Smith, as I am anti-Luke Wattenberg. Um, so, the, what, Jordan, I'll, get, I'll let you start it off. What do you, what do you think about Marquez Calloway and the potential possibility of him getting cut in the next 48 hours? So I do agree with the first five. Judy, Sutton, Brandon Johnson, Marvin Mims, and then little Jordan Humphrey. I think he did enough to do it yesterday with the performance he had, uh, especially with Kendall Hinton getting waived today. For the sixth guy, and Sean Payne does carry six wide receivers, mm-hmm. I do not believe it should be Marcus Callaway. I think they should go in another direction. As, as of right now, I think it's going to be Callaway. He's going to open up uh, as that sixth wide receiver. Okay. But I do think <laughs> if another wide receiver comes up on the market and does get cut or waived, you may see the Broncos pounce on it and get that external guy from another team as the sixth guy, because in my opinion, Marcus Callaway has not done anything in training camp or preseason to get anything done. And I, I'm just baffled because I see a whole bunch of people on Twitter. And then even like the Mike Cliss article, I, I'm saying, oh, Marcus Callaway is going to make, like he's almost like a lock. And I'm, I'm kind of confused. I, I mean, I didn't see, we, we've gotten a lot of reports out of training camp and none of it has been from Marcus Callaway. And then the preseason we've seen very, to, basically nothing of Marcus Callaway. So I don't know. I'm very skeptical on that six guy. I don't think it's going to be Callaway at the end of the day. 
but I think to start off, it is going to be him. And then maybe that external receiver from another team will take over. Um, For me right now, I have Callaway. Um, I think he will. I think he'll start off above little Jordan Humphrey. I think him and Brandon Johnson is going to be tough. What? I think he will just because of the, like just the familiar. I'm having a tongue twister right now. What's the word I'm trying to say? Familiarity. Yes. My fault. Um, I think it's going to, I think, He's probably going to be bar C before. I mean, it, it's like, I, don't be surprised if you see that. I'm not saying I agree with it, but don't be surprised if you see that. I think Sean Payton, he wants that, like, he wants something like he had in New Orleans. And he, I think he really does like Callaway. Yeah. Not saying that he's earned it, and it will go against what Sean Payton said, but I just don't see a scenario that way. Me, personally, I'll put him at the sixth spot. Um, like Jordan said, I agree with him. He hasn't really showed too much. Um it's been kind of like he came into camp. I think Sean Payton said a little overweight, and he just he hasn't looked how we thought it was gonna look. That could change during the season. Maybe Sean Payton wants to keep him in his back pocket for the season, like you know coaches do. Like, oh yeah, they don't think we're gonna use him. Watch, we're gonna come out there and just first week one, boom, Callaway, Callaway, Callaway. Um, but I don't know. I think as of now, I've been seeing stuff by KJ Hamler. They put his jersey back out there at full price, so now everybody thinks he's gonna come back. Uh, I think that's still a possibility. I don't want to sit here and say I think uh, it's going to happen. It's confirmed. KJ is coming. I don't know about that, but um, I wouldn't be mad at that. I feel like we could use KJ right now. But I think just, man, I, I think Callaway is making his team. And I feel like he's going to have a spot in his offense. May, maybe above Brandon Johnson and little Jordan Humphrey. Oof. Nah, it's uh, I disagree. I think I don't think he's makes. I don't think he makes the team. If I'm being honest, I will um, be very I, mad if he gets more playing time than Brandon Johnson. I'll be very upset. I mean, I just like like I said, I don't agree with it. It's just what I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what I think is gonna happen because I mean they brought him in like, and he wasn't he wasn't bad in New Orleans. And I don't know, man. It's just he very- just he's done absolutely nothing in camp preseason. He's just been very underwhelming and uh, not getting targeted for a reason. It's because he doesn't get separation. The man is not a good route runner. I, I that's just where I'm coming from on that. I just don't feel like he's a good separator. I don't think he's built for what Sean Payton wants to do in the receiving game this year. I don't know what it is. He was really good in 2021 or whatever that I believe it was. Yeah, 2021 that uh, he had nearly a thousand yards with Sean Payton as a wide receiver one that year and. I don't know. It's just like when you're not performing at all in expectations, when you show up to camp or OTAs like a little overweight, whenever Sean Payton's literally saying to the media that he's he wants you to step up. And he said it like two times throughout the time, the duration of camp. And he never not one time praised Marquez Calloway, not one time. I would like for anybody to go find a clip of it, of it at all. Maybe he praised maybe he backed up the signing when it happened. But besides that. Not one time has he spoke highly of Marcus Callaway, and it's because he has not shown up at all in the offseason. And I don't think you, uh, I don't think that sends the right message to the locker room when you have guys that have made more plays uh, than Marcus Callaway has, and just give him the the leverage just because he has familiarity with the offense. I, I just feel like that's, I don't think that's how Sean Payne's going to do things. I think, I think Marcus Callaway is going to be a surprise cut. Yeah, I hope he doesn't either. And like, there are people out there again. I'm not saying I want him to be the wide receiver for. Not saying that at all. I'm just saying I, I don't know exactly what Sean Payton is going to do with that because, like, he brought him in from New Orleans and he was brought in to be, like, a wide receiver four or five. He hasn't shown it. Feels up to me. I think I think what what I think will happen is he'll be the wide receiver six and we bring in somebody else and he's the I one. He's the guy that gets cut. Yeah. And I think if we do bring in anybody at this point, it's most likely going to be KJ Hamler back. I don't think we bring in any – everybody wants to bring in Jarvis Landry, but Amir hit it best, I think, the last episode. They want more juice. They want more fire, and I think KJ Hamler can still give you that. And yeah, yeah, completely, completely agree. Um, I think that pretty much wraps up everything. Our all, all offense, defense, special teams, wide receiver was an interesting conversation. Safety was an interesting conversation. Tight end was an interesting, and O line as well. I mean, there's a there's a fair amount of uh, different areas where the Broncos could go this way or that way. But I feel like for the most part, we hit we hit the nail on the head. And I think uh, on Tuesday we'll look back at this, and I think for the for the most part, we're probably going to be like ninety five, more than ninety five percent correct on these. Yep. If um if you guys had to get one like. I mean, outside of Callaway, but like a cut that it's going to be super surprising. Who would it be? I can go I, first. Go ahead. Go ahead. It'd be Garrett Bowles. 
That's Garrett crazy. Bowles. I, I just I don't see that. I think that's crazy. <laughs> I've low key thought about nah. I don't I don't think in any way imaginable that would actually happen. I know the Broncos really do think highly of Drew Sanders, and by any means, maybe they want to get some cap space off the books and they cut Josie Jewell. You never you never know, but I would not be on board with that move. But if I had to give some kind of surprise cut, I guess him. But me and Jordan did talk about this before the show, and this wouldn't like absolutely blow me away if this happened. Yes. I think Kareem Jackson might actually be a legitimate like possible like cut candidate. Yeah, I don't think K-Jack – just me, I don't think K-Jack is getting cut. I think K-Jack is – he's here. No, yeah, still. I agree, but I think if you have to list someone, it could be him. Yeah, like for if you I'm have like, to list someone for a surprising cut, I think he falls in that category. He does. I'm going to give one – it may be more shocking. Um, two so, – I, I don't want us to give two. I'm going to say I think one out of – if one, one of these two guys gets cut, it will be like – list kind of as a surprise cut. Frank Clark or Jonathan Harris? Hmm. I would not be. I don't think it'll be Frank Clark. I think it might be Jonathan Harris. I don't know, man. To me, he just didn't really. He didn't really show me a strong preseason like that. I don't know. To for me, he didn't. He didn't show like a strong preseason, and I don't know if he earned enough to make a roster spot. I mean, that's just me. I feel like a lot of guys outperformed him, and it's a, it's a very crowded room. And originally, I didn't have him making the team. But I don't know. He's listed as the backup behind Frank Clark now because he was listed as, like, the starter at one point. But he's moved to, like, the backup now. I don't know, man. He just didn't – he didn't show me enough to for me to say he made the team. I don't know. That's just me. I mean, I can see where that comes from. Like, obviously, he fits in the category. Like, yeah, if he does get cut, he is, he is a surprise cut. But in that, in that scenario, then – Lancaster or PJ Mustaver will be the guy stepping in then. Yeah, I, I think Lancaster is more of like a nose tackle. And it, it was kind of weird they used him the last game because he was healthy, but they just like kind of didn't put him out there, even though he yeah. was getting first two first team reps the first two weeks. Like were they saving him because they know he makes the team? Like I don't that's so weird how they went about using him. And he was getting a lot of first team reps in camp as well. So it was really weird how they kind of used Lancaster towards the end of preseason. Yeah, I think he was getting more playing time with the ones because Mike Purcell wasn't back. That may have been the reason why. Unless yeah, I, I, yeah I guess that makes sense. I, I think he's going to be like their lead practice squad guy, yeah. Yeah, I think he he might. I mean, yeah, I think because I think Mustafer has a better chance of making it than him. Um, but no, at know. the same time, like my point is in that Rams game, why didn't he play at all? Like I, I, I don't get it. Maybe, I don't know, it's either one they made up their mind or – it, it could have been they already made up their mind with it. Yeah. And like, he, like, he can play defensive end too, so. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. Yeah. But, yeah, Jonathan Harris or Frank Clark for me. But I think if it, if I was to lean one way, I'd probably say Jonathan Harris. I don't know, man. He just didn't show me a lot in the preseason for me to – he just didn't. That's fair. Um, that is going to be it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you guys are listening on YouTube, make sure you guys hit the like button and subscribe. Um, we are officially at 1K subs, so why not? Let's go to 2K next. Uh, to, uh, like I said, 1K was the hump that we needed to get over, and I think now is when we kind of take, uh, you know, take over and take off on the train. So I uh, hope you guys uh, enjoyed today's episode. If you guys are listening on Spotify podcast, like I said, the beginning episode, make sure you guys follow, leave a five star rating, turn notifications on, so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, with my co-host Jordan Mackey, aka J Mac, and Jordan Lopez. Till the next episode, peace, peace. out.